This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. I use an app called Waze, W-A-Z-E. It's how I get around, Waze app. So I was at, uh, at, at Alan Rose, Rose's house, and so I kind of know how to get here, and I kind of don't. And so I thought, well, I'll punch it in. So I go to pull it up, and it's like, it says, you're not connected to anything. I thought, awesome. That's a good start. And so then I punched in Abermarl, North Carolina. Yeah, that's not right, is it? We're not in North Carolina, are we? We're in North Carolina or South Carolina? Well, yeah, I, I, then I punched in South Carolina. I'm kind of like, I don't even know where I'm at. And it said it was 137 miles. And I'm like, uh-oh. I better not follow this. And, and I got, you know, it was, it was traumatic and I got over it. But uh, why'd I bring that up? Because wouldn't it be cool to have a Waze app for life? There's a word that when I was praying today, that I felt like God spoke, and, and somebody in the first service, I know some people grabbed it. But here's a word for you from God in its direction. And God never tells us to go somewhere that he won't help us get there, right? It wouldn't be fair of God to ask something of us and not give us the power and the help and the direction, all the things we need to get there. Come on, it wouldn't be fair. So God never asks of you what he will not empower you to do. And this is the word, debt-free. Debt-free. Now, you know, I'm, I'm almost 64 years old, and we've been married a while, and, and uh, we're debt-free and, you know, own our home and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that should, it should be working that way, your way towards that as you get older. But out of my four children, three of them, two, one of them owns our house outright, Two of them will pay off their house within 18 months. And they'll be debt free. If you will believe for and begin to desire that, God will get you from here to there. He'll transition you. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if you could just punch in, you know, uh, hot mess. Uh, I want to I, I I be free financially. Punch it in, and then you get a nice little road map. You just turn left here, turn right here, turn left here. It's six miles. You're going to turn here. Well, you know, we could use a Waze app for la- life, and I think we have one, actually. I think it's in the Word of God. I think it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to take us from here to there. In fact, there's an actual Waze app in the Bible. Let me read it to you. It's from Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. I'm just going to read the beginning of it, though. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, somebody say ways, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Lord, whatever, wherever I get up in the morning, God, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I just, I just acknowledge you today that I need you. I need your help. I want, to, I want to get from here to there. And from here might not be all in, but over there might be all in. And I'm just going to acknowledge you today that, that I need you. And you know what happens? God begins to direct your path. God begins to show you which way to go. 
God begins to, to, to lean in and, and help you get where you need to get. And it's, and it's a powerful thing. What, what I'm going to try to communicate with you today is something the Lord spoke to me back in August of 2016. Back in August 2016, the Lord, uh, we go away every year for, for a week, and as a staff, we have, a, we have about uh, 20 people that go, the, uh, the pastoral team and their wives, and, and we go, and we, and we just say, God, you know, get up in the morning, and we walk around and pray, and, and just say, God, speak to us about the next year. Speak to us about what you want to do. Give us a word for where we need to head, and how we need to, you know, do this year, and, and every year, it seems like he gives us a, a bit of direction, and, and even before we left, I felt like the Lord woke me up one more and spoke this. He said, 2017 will be a year of transition leading to transformation. How many people like to live in the transformation? How many people like to live in the destination? You know, when, when God's taking you somewhere, it's great to be there. But the problem with God taking you somewhere is very often there's transition going on to get you there. And so I thought, ooh, transition, at least transformation. I've been around long enough to know, ooh, that might not be that much fun. <laughs> that might be a little harder. And, man, when, when 2017 started, all hell broke loose. I'm telling you, man, we had two-thirds of our executive staff retire. And we've worked together, me and these two gentlemen that retired, for 27 years. And, and it wasn't anything bad, or they didn't get mad. They just, like, said, okay, it's a year of transition. I think we'll transition over to fishing. I think we'll transition one, one transition to fishing, one transition to golf as a pastime. And uh, they said, we're, and man, the church, it was just like, oh, do this, do that, fix this, fix that, move in this. They managed so many departments. One of them managed our campuses. One of them managed all our financial end. Now we've got to redo everything uh, on those levels, and it was incredibly challenging transition that leads to transformation we're starting to see the transformation now we've hired six people and people are coming in we're building a new team and, and, and working through that process we knew this day would come that they'd retire they'll come that I retire at the church and we're, we're preparing and getting ready for that but I'll tell you what when you're going through transition it can be challenging you know there's even transition is um, is part of the birth process in the birth process, when, when, when a woman goes into labor, she has three phases, basically, of labor. She has early labor, active labor, and then the transition stage. And the transition stage is a stage between baby inside and baby outside. When the baby begins to move into the birth canal and is ready to come out and greet the world. And I want to tell you, at that moment when that baby starts entering that birth canal is the most dangerous and difficult moment of the entire pregnancy. In fact, gentlemen, if you ever are going to get threatened with death by your wife, it will usually happen in that phase called transition. Like, if you ever touch me again, I will kill you type of stuff comes out. My wife has never made a sound giving birth to our four children, but I've been in the room when down the hall people are screaming at one another, and it's awesome to listen and know it's not your wife yelling at you. It's just awesome. I'm thinking, man, I would, I'm so glad I'm not that dude. Transition, and see, it's, it's a dangerous time for the mom and for the baby, too. Because once that process starts, there's, there's no going back. You're in, and you're all in. And so, but, but here's the great part. After the transition phase of labor, this is what you get. Take a look at the screen. 
Isn't that incredible? Those are, those are the incredible moments of life when you move through the transition and you get to the place of transformation. And I guarantee you, Kate has transformed the lives of the Simmons family in more ways than one. Somebody say amen. You know, going, going all in, transition represents, to me, change. Change. When things change, seasons change. I'm old enough now that my life seasons have changed lots of times. We, you know, we went through being, you know, newlyweds and not having kids for the first three years. And, man, we just had a great time. Then we had, it's weird the way you have kids, isn't it? Like you just have one and there it is and they send you home. And you don't have any idea what you're doing. And they're like, here. It's like, we, get the, we go home with them? You know, what am I going to, we don't know how to do this. And, and we've been through that season. We've been through teens. Having three teens in the house, and then later we had a, had a late baby at our house, and so we had another whole thing through it. Man, it's awesome. Give them the car keys the first time. Seasons of life. They just keep going. They just keep going. And I, I've seen a lot of changes in my life. And you know what? Change is hard. Because it's nice when you know how to do life. And then everything changes, and now you've got to do something different. Well, the good news is God wants to bring you through those changes. I heard, heard a story that out there... Um, in June 4th, 1783, which was a long time ago, before they had cameras, by the way, uh, they, uh, the first step in human flight occurred, and that was a, a hot air balloon. In France, they built a, you know, a bonfire. They had a 33-foot taffeta bag. They filled it up with the, with the hot air and the smoke. Didn't have anybody in it. They weren't, a, a person didn't fly the first time they did it. And they just got this bag and inflated it. And up it went in the sky. And people cheered. This is what they wrote about it. I thought this was really funny. It said, a respectable assembly and a great many other people. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so would they have some, some cool people and then a bunch of bums? I don't know who it was, but I just love what they wrote about it there. Now, now there were no cameras then, but somebody painted a picture of this, and this is on a locket about twice the size of a 50-cent piece. And that's a picture of what happened when the bag went up. Man, change is coming to the world. Why? Because man learned how to get off the ground through this hot air balloon but here's the wild part is a balloon went 6,000 feet over a mile in the air and came down in a field in a neighboring town and all the peasants from the town attacked it with pitchforks and killed it because it was a device of evil not everybody's going to like change not everybody's going to like a difference in your life if you're a young lady and, and there's a guy in your life and he isn't he isn't a believer he doesn't love God and you decide to go all in I got news for you he might not like the change come on I, I, I have a friend who was stabbed by a woman's husband because she gave her life to Christ and he attacked him and tried to kill him you know sometimes sometimes thank God that was in a uh, Yugoslavia it wasn't here I mean you know people don't get quite as upset over it here but uh, it was it was a bad deal the problem with change though is is things are changing and they're going to continue to change do you know that I played tic-tac-toe against the very first IBM supercomputer that's about all you could do was play tic-tac-toe and it was it filled a room almost this size of the computer and had one screen that looked like you know pong I mean, real basic, and I played tic-tac. My brother-in-law was an executive with IBM for over 40 years, and he was back there in the early days, and I played tic-tac-toe against that thing. 
Man, I'll tell you what, have computers come along? Man, the world is changing, and it's still going to continue to change, and it's going to go faster and faster and faster. But here's the thing. It's impossible to get to where you need to be without you changing. It's impossible. Anybody here never driven a stick shift car? Never driven a stick shift? Clutch and all that? Come on, raise up your hands high. It's hard to see in here. A few of you. Most of you have driven a stick shift. I mean, I got a tractor and a, a mower. I got a lot of stuff that still have clutches on them and, and stuff like that. But what do you do when, you, when you're changing gears? You're in first gear, but you've got to let off the gas, lower your RPMs, put the, take it out of gear and moving forward and powering yourself forward and shift. You've got to make a transition to go faster. Put it in second gear. Do it again. Put it in third gear. Do it again. Put it in fourth gear. Do it again. That's a process of change uh, that has to happen in our life. You know, I, I, my wife's uh, from Colorado. I met her when I moved out there, and I lived out there for 14 years, and I ate Mexican food at the same restaurant. I ordered the same thing every year I lived there. Same, number four, double beans, no rice. Number four, double beans, no rice. Yep. And then for 20 years after that, when we go back, if we went for seven days, I'd go to that restu- restaurant 10 times while we were there. Every night for dinner and then a couple of times for lunch, too. I just, I mean, I was crazy about this food. And you know what happened? They closed that stupid restaurant. <laughs> and now I don't even want to go to Denver anymore. Now, my wife's family lives there. I get it, you know, but I didn't go for her family. I went for the Mexican food. Boy, I hope Debbie's not listening to this message. She's, she said she might tune in or try to, try to get it, but change is hard. Let me, let me show you a change in the Bible that was a very... Uh, very dynamic, very powerful change that, that was going to happen. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And this is a change of Moses has led, the, he led the, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he ends up out of Egypt with the children of Israel, but they don't cross over the Jordan and go into the land they were supposed to take. So they end up wandering, the Bible says, in the wilderness. Many of us have said they were lost in the wilderness, and that's where they stayed for 40 years until that generation passed away. And then... Joshua actually took them into the promised land. This is Moses talking about that transition from Moses' leadership to Joshua's leadership, from being in the, in the desert wandering to being in the promised land. This is what he says. He says, uh, but I must die in this land. I must not go over Jordan, but ye shall go over and possess that good land. But he says, he says there's warning. You're going to be making a transition, but he says, take heed unto yourself. Pay attention, look out, watch out, because you're entering into a season of transition, and transition can be dangerous. There's real real uh, obstacles and real problems that can occur in transition. Now, first thing you have to know about transition is transition is not just change for change's sake. God wants to transition you because he wants to take you somewhere, and he wants to do something. Not only does God want to take you somewhere, he wants to do something in you. Because really, the biggest change that needs to happen in our life, the biggest all-in thing that's ever going to happen in our life, is when we, uh, we get changed on the inside because we need to change on the inside. I want to show you a story in the Bible that talks about this. Luke 8.22. It says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. So they get in the boat, and they're going across the lake. In the middle of the, the lake 
it says in verse 23, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy. Now, they, they, they're asked by Jesus to get in the boat. These are, a lot of these guys are fishermen. I wonder if they looked at the sky when he said, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. I wonder if they looked at the sky and went, hmm, might not be a good time for that. You know, sailors know their way around that kind of stuff. But, but they got in the boat anyway. They get going out there. A windstorm comes up. It, it starts blowing really hard. Have you ever been in the middle of the storm and said, why in the world am I here right now? Now, Jesus knew why they were in the middle of the lake. But the, the apostles, the disciples didn't know yet. Why were they in the middle of the lake? Why were they going to the other side? Because there was a man on the other side. There was a man who had ended up being possessed by demons. So many so that he was called legion. So much so that he was naked and lived in the tombs. He was chained and, and he would break the chains. Nobody could hold him. And so he's this wild man living in, the, in, the, in a cemetery. That Jesus wants to set free. And Jesus knows we can't do it from here. And it is worth weathering a storm to get to the other side to reach a man that needs God and so uh, the wild part about this guy is he does get reached and, and uh, he does get touched and, and changed and the Bible says he's clothed and in his right mind he's sitting at the feet of Jesus and just a beautiful picture and, and then at, at the end of the story the man says to Jesus can I go with you can I go? Come on, I want to follow you. I'm just, I'm going to go with you, man. This is incredible what you did for me. I want to go with you. And Jesus says, no. Stay here. And go tell your family and your friends what the Lord has done for you. And the Bible tells us that not only, uh, it, it actually doesn't say it in Luke, but it says it in, in Mark chapter 5. The Bible actually says that the guy was from an area called Decapolis, which, you know, Deca 10. It means uh, uh, an area of 10 cities that he actually went from city to city proclaiming all around the region what the Lord had done to him. See, God knew that he couldn't accomplish what he needed to here. So he had to take the disciples and Jesus over there. And the transition wasn't easy. In fact, when you follow God, it doesn't always take the easy road. Anybody know that, right? Sometimes you're going upstream. Sometimes you're facing problems and things that are hard. Here's the truth, though, that you need to remember. That if God brought you to it, he will see you through it. Come on. If God brought you through it, he will see you. See you uh, if God brought you to it, excuse me, he will see you through it. Now, when uh, about 15 years ago, uh, when one of my sons was about 15 years old, we uh, sailed to the Bahamas from uh, Port Canaveral, where we live. It's about 140 miles one way to uh, the top of the Bahamas, where we went. And uh, then we kind of went down there and around. We were in a 30-foot, 31-foot west sail boat. Anybody know what a, a west sail is? What it looks like? It, did anybody see The Perfect Storm? In the movie The Perfect Storm, the sailboat the Coast Guard made those people get off of that actually ended up on the beach in Virginia and didn't sink and went through that big hurricane, that big storm, that's a West Sail 31. And so we're in this boat, it's an incredible sailboat, and we get about 80 miles, uh, 90 miles from Florida, and we're still like 50 miles from, uh, 
from the Bahamas where we're going and the wind dies and the wind doesn't blow again for uh, like 12 hours later. We haven't had an ounce of wind. We start at the motor and we start going with the motor and then the motor quits. We find out that it's got a plugged fuel line. Then I hook th the boat to a 12-foot dinghy with a little <laughs> motor and I tow a 31-foot sailboat for eight and a half hours to get it to a place where we could dock. So we dock, and that night a storm blows in. It's awesome. We're anchored, and a boat, about a 60-foot boat, breaks free from anchor. And what happens if you're anchored, the line's going down in the water like this to the front of the boat, and if a boat comes up drifting into you, and it'll push the anchor line down and your boat underwater. And this boat sunk three boats and came within a quarter inch of sinking ours. We're up at three o'clock in the morning, saving our lives. That was awesome. It ended up on the rocks. This boat did, three boats sunk, but it pushed our boat into the electrical line that supplied the whole island. It's an electrical line about this big around. And if you even got in the water near the line, you could just feel your whole body goes. <laughs> it was a awesome trip. Man, it was so cool. There's a saying, though, out there that smooth seas a good sailor does not make. You know, sometimes as we go through life and it's hard and God's transitioning us to that place he wants us. Where he's doing something in us. It is not always easy. Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's hard. But here's the truth. The trial did not come to master you. It came to mature you. Come on, the trial didn't come to destroy your life. God has made you an overcomer. And because of that, He wants to draw that overcoming power out of your life. That's the interesting thing about Moses when he's in the wilderness. And, and you wonder about that. I've heard it said before that the children of Israel were lost in the wilderness, right? Um, they weren't lost. They knew where they were at. They had gone by that Jordan River several times in 40 years of traveling along in the wilderness. They hadn't forgotten where they were at. They had forgotten who they were. And they had forgotten what God had said. Some of us need to go back. I know I need to do this in my life. There's, it's a, such a powerful thing to remember. But when we go back and we remember the things that God said to us, you might have to go all the way back to your salvation. You might have to go back to an event where, where something incredible happened in your life. You just go back and begin to think again and remember what God has said and remember again whose you are and who you are. My goodness. Those are the times that we can transition and become and do what God calls us to do. That's when transition actually leads to trans. Here's another truth. We must not forget in the darkness what God has said in the light. You can't forget. I mean, God says go. Go to the other side. Here's the crazy stuff about the Word of God. Again, I started this by saying God would never require from you what He would not empower you to do. Wouldn't be fair. So Jesus said, let us go to the other side. What happened to Jesus when he said that? He fell asleep. Why? Because he'd already given him this word go. And in that two-letter word, there was enough power to get him to the other side. Even in the midst of a storm. 
Go. Go. Going all in. When we realize what we possess is greater than the obstacle that we face, then we're going to win. Another thing I've heard said before is some people, uh, let me see if I get this right, some people will change when they see the light. Others only change when they feel the heat. Some people change when they see the light. Other people only change when they feel the heat. I've done both. Anybody in here? You know, I've heard God and acted, and then I've heard God not acted, and then got myself in hot water. Anybody ever been in hot water? It's awesome, man. I'll tell you what. Hot water is amazing. I just hate it. But anyway, uh, you get in there. Why? Because you didn't do what God wanted you to do. Scripture actually says this in, in Psalms 32.9. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Don't be like, don't be like a dumb horse that you've got to have somebody else pull you where you need to be. Be that, be that person that hears the voice of God and says, yes, Lord. Knowing even though that it, that transition might be difficult, might be hard. Here's another expression that, that, a, that a friend of mine wrote a book about. And it's, it's called change before you have to. You know, sometimes you have to change. could be anything. It could be eating habits. You end up in a situation and the doctor says, look, you're going to have to change this. You know what would have been better? Change before you had to. You're in a situation, you know, where you're not taking care of yourself. Uh, maybe not, you know, you know, what's a gym? You know, that type of thing. You know, what's a gym? You know, well, then you end up in a situation where you're not strong for your family and for your, for your king, for your Lord. Wouldn't it have been better if you change before you have to? I, I know God well enough and I know people well enough because I are one. That God is speaking to us things. And he's saying, here, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. And, and all we've got to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm all in. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.